Welcome to Charity Talks. I'm Brooke Denevsky, and in this episode, I spoke with Farine Bindali from Sanku Project Healthy Children to discuss the huge problem of malnutrition in Africa. Farine, like Sanku, is based in Tanzania, and they are addressing malnutrition throughout East Africa. They do this by using technology that they created, specifically the Sanku dosifier, which adds the precise amount of critical micronutrients to flour. As you'll hear, because of Sanku's work, millions of African children and adults are avoiding the horrors of malnutrition. And I think you'll learn a lot about the magnitude of this problem and definitely want to get involved after listening. I'm speaking with Farine Vindali, the administrator and controls coordinator at Sanku Project Healthy Children. Thank you so much for speaking to me today, Farine. Thank you, Brooke, for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. So to start, could you share a little bit about yourself and your background? So my name is Farine, and as you as I as you mentioned, I manage the administ- administration and uh, controls uh, coordination. So administrative matters could include anything that is that is required in the office by the staff and ensuring that all the operations are carried out efficiently and they have the right tools. And in terms of controls, we handle the financial bit whereby we focus on payments and stock inventory. I joined Sanku this year in February on the on the seventh, just before COVID hit. But previously, I was working with other firms. What um, fascinated me about Sanku was the fact that where the the way they're ending malnutrition in our country, which is which was very profound to me, it's like giving back to the community, and that's what made me uh, quit the complete corporate world and focus on the people where we would benefit overall. So that was the reason why I actually joined Sanku. Nice. And could you talk about why and how Sanku was created? So Sanku was formed back in 2013 in a small town called Nepal. And uh, that's where that's how the name came up with. Uh, our co-founder, Mr. Felix Brooks Church and David Dawson, who is one of the board members, they were they came up with this idea of ending malnutrition because that is the number one cause of death in uh, third world countries uh, or even countries like suburban uh, places villages in India in, in Africa most mostly and to be precise East Africa so you know malnutrition to everyone's understanding is ensuring that they eat like people a lot of people don't understand what hidden hunger is so according to them as long as they're eating food that's more than enough but that's not the case and uh, they wanted to come up with a solution that would prevent death because every day in east africa we have about more than 16,000 deaths per day children die due to hidden hunger so to people, they feel like yeah, they're eating food, but it's not having the essential nutrients that can help them benefit overall. So they came up with this uh, technology that would help 
add nutrients to their food, whatever missing nutrients there is to add into their food so they can get the, the perfect amount, the, their malnutrition is up to date. On November 21st, Time revealed its annual list of the 100 best inventions that are making the world better and smarter. And I know that the Sanku dosifier machine was on this list. So could you just describe how it works? So the machine, most of the, so I, I'll begin with uh, the type of food this, that is mostly consumed by the majority of the population here in, in East Africa. They call it, they eat a lot of flour and in uh, particularly maize flour. 90% of the population eat maize flour. But, so they grow maize. They, once they have the seeds, they have uh, hopper mills at their uh, milling factories. So what Sanku did, uh, when they grind their maize flour, what Sanku did in order to add those nutrients, see if they cannot add those supplements directly to the flour because it would not add up to the right amount that would be required. Too much or too less could cause um, could cause a setback. So what we do is we have these dosifiers which have uh, which are uh, computerized. So what they do is we put those right onto the hopper mills of the maize flour. That so depending on the amount of maize you fill into that hopper, it will it will release the amount of supplements which we call premix that will be required for that particular amount of maize flour. So that way we know that it's uh, we've added the sufficient amount, and these are all computerized. So we we get every data whether a mill is. Uh, so sometimes even if a mill does not turn on the dosifier, we get that data because it is computerized. We and we we're able to also with this technology we're able to also um, scale as to how many people we've reached. So it's the end of the month or the end of the year if you want to know because it gives you all sorts of data that you require. A lot of people are aware that quantity of food is a problem, but why do you think it is that people aren't as aware about nutrients within the food? So, besides, so there's a lack of knowledge here in terms of advocacy, because majority of the population are the farmers, the millers who are in the suburbs and not in the city directly. So for them, even having the educational background as to why these nutrients are important is a challenge of its own. And other challenge is the government is trying to mandate so, and to reach in, uh, out to all those villages into giving the right advocacy as to why uh, it is important to add these supplements uh, and these uh, nutrients. So like premix, for example, it has the most essential nutrients like folic acid, vitamin B12, iron, zinc. These are all beneficial nutrients that can help a child's well-being. And it is very crucial for them to have these nutrients from birth. In fact, especially for mothers who are pregnant. So from then, it is very important. But people, like, like I said, lack of knowledge is what uh, is the biggest challenge. So even so, at Sanku, what we do when we go in, when we go meet the millers, we give them the knowledge as to why it is important to add these nutrients. And what are some of the benefits of having these nutrients, and what are some of the side effects of lacking these nutrients? So, um, like uh, deficiency, um, 
malnutrition, you can have uh, vitamin D deficiency if you don't eat these, uh, the, the nutrients. Iron is equally important for the for bone strength for uh, the children. And uh, so when, if you lack, what happens is a child or a mother might see the child is eating the right food. They're having their maize flour, so according to them, yeah, they're consuming food. But what they don't see is that it's the hidden hunger. So it's not about just filling your stomach at the end of the day, but making sure you put in the right food that will help the child's growth overall. And that is why a lot of uh, a lot of times we have they have these problems because they're uh, they're unaware. You will see they have diseases like Kleshakor uh, because of lack of these nutrients. Um, they're not able their their vision is not at par because of lack of these nutrients. So for them to understand why these supplements are important is where the, where we come in, ensuring that we're giving them the right knowledge and uh, we also. Uh, and, and we give them the tools so that they can help themselves. Yeah, so would you say that education is a really important part of what Sanku does? Yes, uh, because so this is where we, uh, we merge with the government officials and we go within the region. So we've covered up about 26 regions and we just covered the 27th region on Friday the area that we had not reached uh, in terms of fortification and we finally reached. So we're mostly covered Tanzania. Um, and what we do with these government officials is to now um, advocate. We go visit those millers, explain them, and give them the educational background, helping them understand so that they get a bigger picture as opposed to, because they don't have access to technology as we do in the city. So it is also very difficult for them to uh, get the right information. So for them, it, it adds more value when you meet them face-to-face -face in person so that they can get a better understanding. Yeah. And they're not, they're not very versatile with uh, technology per se or having access to smartphones. We're talking about villagers literally in, in the furthest areas from the city center. How widespread of an issue would you say malnutrition is within Africa? Considering we lose about 16,000 children and uh, mothers dying each day, that's quite huge. Uh, and our aim is to reach about 100 million people by end of 2025. By far, we have reached 2 million people. But it is, it is, it is quite widespread because um, we have a lot of people that are within the suburbs, and, and um, in order to reach to them, it's, it's quite of a it's, it's, it is a challenge. Uh, to initially, it was a challenge to the government to get the actual numbers, but with the help of uh, and non-profit organizations like Sanku World Food Program, we're able to get. But still, these numbers are growing. Every day, people are born, but every day we have double of the amount dying due to malnutrition. So I would say like 16,000 deaths on, on an average mm, uh, yeah. per day. It's really, it's That's hard. Yeah. So that is huge. Yeah, it's just so hard to wrap your mind around such huge numbers. It is. What is the benefit, would you say, of focusing on micronutrients from a cost-effective perspective? 
having to eat healthy can be cost costly because they they do not have the capacity to grow all these nutrients and you can and there is only much you can consume from vegetables and stuff like that which also they have limited accessibility from the areas where they stay and hence for them their staple food is porridge or, and which is made out of maize flour and there is only much you can add into the maize flour you can for them like to grow even even the time the time frame for example if they were to grow um, broccoli carrots and stuff it takes time for up until these are ready to use so for that period of time that's what this is where the challenge lies they cannot stay hungry and they and in waiting for the right vegetables to have to have access to the right vegetables could cause hunger so they that is again increase in death so what they do is just to sustain their hunger they consume porridge but they they don't realize that they don't have the, they don't have the nutrients that can help the missing nutrients that can help benefit their growth So according to them as long as your um as long as your stomach is full you're good to go but then they fall sick they're not able to concentrate children are are uh, having they have issues at a very young age you will find a 6 year old boy would be at a height of a 3 year old boy because of lack of these nutrients yeah so it must be a lot of confusion for them it I is and and for them like maize is a staple food so it is much more cheaper for them to access these kind of foods and it's grown in widespread areas um so it's much more easier and cheaper for them as opposed to consuming vegetables so that's when we come in and try and fix that gap for them and why would you say that there is such a gap of almost knowledge between more of the urban areas and some of the villages they don't have access to forget about even having access to smartphones they don't have easy access to hospitals in general so for them to go visit by a near to visit a nearby hospital within the area they have to walk a couple of miles or you know ride in a bus for a couple of miles up until to get to uh, these hospitals so even then like there is and these are not i wouldn't say these are full fledged hospitals they're like very simple clinics that do not have all the equipment let alone uh people to help educate or treat so when they go it's all about just trying so when the doctors they for them it's crucial to just treat and ensure that they're okay i think it's so important that sanku really focuses not only on the short term but also making sure these communities are well in the long term because that's really the only way you can ensure that you have a solution that'll help more people like that yeah so it's it's a bit of a challenge at this point because having to mandate a rule of that sort that uh millers have to make sure their flour is fortified can only happen once we have a full fledged capacity as a country so and, and it's not so sanku has the capacity we have installed in uh we've uh, installed about 420 dosifiers and have around 357 mills or more still is still growing we still have projects lying in so we have 
build up capacity over the years. But then again, um, the political challenge comes in merging with the government. So that's, there's a lot of uh, matters involved that has to be taken at a step. So we, that is one of our aims. So we constantly are in touch with the government to make sure we're meeting the right people, we have the right channels so that we can grow. And hopefully someday, if this rule is mandated, then it will be much more easier because then the reach will be easier. Then every miller will know that they're required. And they will know that Sanku has the, has the technology in order to sustain their the gap for them mm-hmm. and help them fortify the flower and, and hidden hunger overall. And what are some of the programs that Sanku works on to really help close this gap? So we, ha- we work with uh, people like World Food Program, um, they, we, we work with World Food Program, we work with uh, TechnoServe, we work with NAFACA. These are organizations, like for example, like NAFACA, they buy supplements for us. So they have, we, they have bought these dosifiers from us and they have installed in their particular region. So this is, they equally get a grant from their side and they buy these dosifiers from us. So what they do is they buy this machinery from us and then we and buy these supplements. And how they help us also uh, spread this knowledge is by having these school feeding programs. So also what happens is uh, students here, like the village schools, they don't have canteens or stuff like that. So the mamas there, the old ladies, they cook these ugali, what we call porridge in Kiswahili. They make it in bulk, and then they supply it to the schools. So NAFAKA, what they do is they help uh, these mamas, these small millers, to add these supplements so they can provide fortified flour to the schools. And even with World Food Program, they, they've, they've helped us in getting, giving us grants and had projects whereby we had campaigns to um, bring in awareness of what fortified flour is and what unfortified flour is a lot of times we had challenges uh, where millers felt like fortified flour would be different tasting and the color would change. So we usually, with World Food Program, we have campaigns whereby we do this sampling. We call the Ugali testing where we make both kinds and we don't label these and then we let them have a sample taste so that they can understand that there's not much, there's no difference in taste or texture. We we also um, we are also working on an SMS campaign to see how this will uh, go about because like I mentioned a lot of these millers do not have smartphones they have those old phones where they get those SMS so we try we're trying to work on a campaign with World Food Program whereby we can incentivize those millers and push them into uh, fortifying flour as much as they can. Um, and and they would get this SMS shout. So what happens is we we will also be merging with the telecom companies in future, whereby if they fortify, they send an SMS to Sanku, there will be a code, and they can get their uh, free minutes. So something like that to keep them going. At the same time, um, especially during this COVID, it was it was very uh, innovating for us, whereby we sent out flyers to all the millers as to why it is important, especially during COVID, to have these uh, to build your immunity in order to protect themselves. 
So we do send out flyers for them to get that knowledge, and that's mostly written. It's with pictorial, so they can understand, and then it's in our national language, the local language, Kiswahili, so it helps them better understand. And, of course, we have our numbers, so they can always reach out in case they have any further queries. So we try, even with these programs, World Food Programs, to try and fit in every gap that we possibly can so that the message is reached out to those millers. We were, we were also looking into surveying the shops, which we are. It's still an ongoing process whereby. So what happens is these millers, they, they once they have their flour ready, uh, they pack it in bags of 5 kg, 10 kgs, and 25 kgs, and then they sell it to the shops. And at the shops, what they do is they further break it down into kilos and two kilos. So people can, villages, people around the village can only buy minimum consumption for the day based on the price of the family and, and based on their earnings. They cannot always buy a five kg bag straight up. So they are packed into um, small bags. So this is where even we, Sanku, make sure and we're trying our best to ensure that Whatever Miller's selling points are, we go to them and ensure that they're buying the fortified flour. And how we differentiate is Sanku. So what we did was, in order to make it easier for even uh, people around to know what bags are from Sanku, is when we go to a Miller, when we install a doctor at free of cost and we give them the supplement at free of cost. It's a premix packet that has all these nutrients. And what they have to do is uh, buy bags from us because we buy bags in bulk. So this is where our business model comes in. And it's at the same market price. Mostly these flour bags, uh, this, we, what we call sembe bags. Sembe is uh, maize flour in our uh, local language. They're mostly in green or blue. So when it's a green or blue bag, you can tell that these bags are not fortified because we don't, Sanko only sells pink bags. So that's how we also differentiate in the market that which areas are consuming these our bags basically, yeah. and then we do go visit, we do surveys, face-to-face surveys. We ask people that how is it, how do they find, just to get more insight and advocate them on that note. So it sounds like a lot of what Sanku does is react also to the people that they're trying to help. Yes. And and with them, at the end of the day, you know, it's how you make people feel. And with, when you, where we have an advantage is because of the technology and the team that we have, making sure that we visit them on a monthly basis. Every every arm has their meal visits on weekly weekly basis, different areas, making sure all the meals within that area, within their particular area are covered. So with that, we keep on checking up with the, with the millers, so that way, they also feel connected. They feel like it's not something that we are doing it for our benefit, but rather their benefit, and we're keeping a constant touch with them. So that, you know, it, it's very important, especially with these people, that if you lose that touch, you go once and then you, you leave. For them, it feels like it was just a foul play. So we make sure that we're there. It sounds important that they know that what's happening isn't just government regulations trying to limit them or impose anything on them it's just people trying to help them yeah and and also with the government we we do get a lot of help like with these regional uh, uh government officials when our regional managers go to them and they go visit the miller together so that also gives the miller the faith and trust in us 
because they have the government official uh, accompanied for the meeting. So it's it's so they don't feel like no, this is this is any sort of scam. So that also adds a lot of uh, value to us. I saw on your website that it said that for every 26 cents that is donated, one person is provided with essential vitamins and minerals through a fortified food product for an entire year. And that's just so crazy to me. How is that possible that so little money can do so much? Because uh, the staple food here, is, for them, it is um, a dollar. It's a lot more because uh, the areas that they live in, it's very, it's, 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 so if, if we're giving them, if they were to buy a flour from the 45 flour from elsewhere or an exported uh, place, it's more, it's expensive for them and they're not able to afford. So for them, if you donate a dollar for them, they can buy a whole bag eventually uh, and fortify and, and have it for the rest of the month or with their families or for the rest of the year with their families because the, the, again, their lifestyle is such that they don't have a lot of expenses. So a dollar can do a lot. For every for every dollar donation that we get, we get a miller gets their bag at a market price, which they're able to sell and get their profit. Not only they get their profit out of it, but also are able to fortify flour that can help benefit the general population overall. It's so interesting because I feel like People from places where prices are so much more expensive can almost take advantage of this difference and what might not be a lot of money for them can just do so much in these other places. Yes, it does. It does. So a dollar can literally change a life for them because that would be a lot of money for them. They can actually buy a lot of bags for them that can help them make profits for their families. So yes. Can you share any experiences with working with Sanku that have really shown you the impact of its work? We had uh, we had our miller, Mama Tunu, and uh, she's uh, so there. She she's a miller based in Morogoro, and uh, she was actually one of the first millers that we installed a dosifier at hers. Of course, at that time I wasn't there, but um, we have. So, by the way, on that note, we have a nutritionist as well in a part of our team. So we do these uh, medical, we do these checks within our millers and to see the, the areas that they provide, how it has impacted their side of the community. And uh, with the pregnant mothers, we do keep a check. Mrs. Mama Tuno, uh, she gives us feedback from our side that how it has helped in her side of the community by her helping us by fortifying these flour. And uh, we also we also check in with our uh, government officials, like with these uh, with these regional nutritionists as well. By us being in place, how it has helped. Like I said, when we get these numbers, two million, we we're able to fortify, uh, provide fortified flour to two million people. This means even when we check with the um, malnutrition rate, they have gone down because that's how we play in a part. So we keep check on those numbers as well. How can people best get involved or help out if they're interested in Sanku and what you do? During this COVID time, what helped us, we had a couple of donations where we also, so for us, it's not just about having to fortify flour, especially during this pandemic breakout. It's very important that we are able to 
help our millers in every way that we possibly can. So we've had a couple of donations come in whereby we provided, uh, so what we did, our business model basically is cash basis, but in the sense like Miller deposits the amount of bags they want at the market price, and then we send them the bags. But because of this COVID, we gave out every Miller based on their production, the amount of bags we had on credit basis. So they do, they wouldn't have to endanger their health by stepping out because they would have to go to the local bus stand to collect those bags. That So in order to ensure our Miller's safety, we we um, hired a logistics company because of the donations that we got so that every Miller's bag were dropped off at their doorstep. Not only that, we were able to provide them with sanitizers, with gloves, uh, with medicated soap, so that when the world was on, on lockdown, we also ensured that they also have the, the uh, uh, sufficient requirements in order to protect their health. Because for us, it's not just about it's overall safety for the people. So when we get these donations, and yes, we do provide, um, we have our reports on, We, um, like I said, we have our auditor coming in. So all these donations that we do receive, we have a clear structure that is in place and gives you all the, sort of, all the records of the, the amount that has been funded to us and where and how it has been used. So we are very system, uh, systems-oriented on that note. What's one thing that you'd like to leave everyone with before we go, or one thing you'd really like to emphasize? I would like to emphasize people on to give back to the community and make this world a better place. It's just, it's instead of having two coffees per day, reduce it to one and help a family. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters. Helping others is what is important, and especially if that is going to benefit globally at some point, and yes, why not? And not to take things for granted, not to take life for granted, because there are people out there struggling, people out there really fighting for food, starving, and and, and having, uh, they don't have the capacity to reach out or get the aid that, that we do get. So to be more aware of, of uh, these people and uh, give as much as they possibly can. Well, thank you so much for sharing because I think that what you do and what Sanku does is just so important. So I hope more people do donate. I hope so too. And thank you so much. We're we're grateful for having you inquire us and thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. And anytime you need any more questions, details, do please reach out.